This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. It is Picks and Predictions Week as we get ready to roll up on a big Valor 83 card. It goes down this Friday night, June the 4th, from the world-famous Cod Night Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, you can get your tickets at FighterTicksWithTheNext.com. You can catch the pay-per-view, a little different uh Different crew on the call this time, as uh, yours truly will be joined by Jeff Hobbs and Tori Spinney for the play-by-play. I'm excited for that this weekend. And, uh, of course, with it being fight week, that means it is a uh, preview and predictions uh, panel for this card. And, uh, of course, we've got the usual suspects. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Justin Watson. Justin, uh, you'll be down here judging this bad boy. You excited? Yeah, man. I hope, uh, hope traffic's not like it was today driving to Tennessee, but... Uh, yeah, if I can get there in less than five hours, I'll be happy. <laughs> With it being a Friday, it may be worse. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, I've also got uh, your your reigning Valor welterweight professional champion uh, who does not require surgery on his bum knee, Greg Hopkins. What's going on, Greg? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, actually, uh, heads up on that there. I'm, I, was, I was relieved, uh, thanking God, after I found out I didn't need surgery, but... Uh, Said it was a tear in the fibulolateral collateral ligament, and uh, he said there's like a little eggshell or something I busted in my knee. But uh, he said I should be back within eight to eleven weeks, like training and getting going. So maybe by the fall we'll get to see me back. I'm excited to hear that you're going to be in the house checking out the action this weekend. Of course, I know you've got your eye on a few of these fights. No, oh, absolutely, dude. This whole fucking card is stacked. This is awesome. I can't wait for Friday night. Joining me uh, on the uh, call, of course, as he usually does, he'll be the he'll be the uh, the vet on this one. Uh, Torres Finney, the two hundred five champion, getting ready to main event July the second. Uh, a lot of good fights on this one to look forward to, Torres. Oh yes, definitely, no doubt, man. I'm really excited for this card. Looking at a lot of different fights. Really excited for uh, some of the amateurs. Got a lot of big names around here in the southeast on this card, so I'm really excited to see a lot of these fights on here. Man, I'm excited. And then, of course, rounding out the panel, the voice of Valor, Jeff Hobbs. He'll be pulling double duty, cage announcing and on commentary with myself and Torres. Uh, this has been uh, this is going to be one that we're looking forward to a lot, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. And just a heads up, guys, uh, I don't have any tears either. Everything's good with me. <laughs> um, I went to the doctor as well, and he just said I'm fucking old. Uh, but everything's cool, guys. I should be. Uh, I should be. I should be back to form in like eight to ten weeks myself. But yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to get excited about on this card, man. I mean, there, from top to bottom, there's a lot of things to get excited. But um, if you don't get that little uh, tingling in your special spaces uh, down here at the end of this card, at the bottom, man, with this this main event, this the co-main event. I mean, these. Uh, there's some big time fights down here, um, you know, at the bottom of this card. And those are the ones I uh, look forward to the whole card, man, but it, I'm just going to be ready. I, I usually don't like for the night to get over, but I wanted to hurry up and get to the bottom of this card. So let's get into it, y'all. Of course, uh, we've got 14 bouts uh, to get through here today on Picks Panel. Uh, Justin, if you will recap us with our current standings going into this week and also for any listeners that are tuning in for the first time, a uh, rundown of how all this shit works. But you don't right. have to. <laughs> our score running into this week, Greg, is at 161, Torres at 154, Hobbs at 144. 
Each panelist will predict a fighter and the method. They get two points if they choose the fighter correctly with an additional point for choosing the method correctly. All right. And so uh, we'll jump into it, guys. We've, uh, uh, Justin, I will, uh, I'll let you uh, sit, uh, you know, uh, go through each fight. I will do a, a rundown, a breakdown of the fight, and then we'll go to the panelists for their uh, picks. And uh, so what we got for fight one? All right. Getting us started, 165-pound catchweight tie fight. Will Burnett, 0-1 out of Milledgeville Martial Arts in Milledgeville, Georgia, taking on Stephen Kent, a debut out of United Karate Studios in Dalton, Georgia. Okay, so this is our only tie fight on the card. Uh, it's our only one, but I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, both of these guys uh, come from very good camps. Uh, William Burnett uh, has fought for us once before. Now, it's been a minute, uh, about a year, year and a half ago. He, he lost his tie debut to Cody Linder. But he was impressive. I recall that. I, I want to say it was a very close decision, uh, perhaps, uh, that was uh, uh, how that one went down. But he's very tall, very rangy, very athletic, um, uh, trains there at the Milledgeville Academy of uh, MMA with uh, James Pruitt, who we'll talk about here shortly, as well as a more well-known name in Amun Cosme. So that's that's his gym down there. And they're always very well prepared. Uh, also trains with uh, Quintavious Marshall, who we saw win the uh, the first Hydra Cup combat BJJ, which I don't know how well that'll serve him in this tie fight, but uh, just a, a bit of a, a glimpse into the guys he's working with there uh, in his second time uh, going to battle, looking for that first win, taking on uh, Stephen Kent, who is from uh, Ben Kiker's United Karate Studios, trains with Travis Jones, Tyler Jones, and, and that bunch down there. So you know he's going to have more of that karate style, but they're very, uh, very tough. You know, everyone that comes out of that gym is going to be very tough and uh you know i told him you know uh you know this will burnett guy he's he's no joke at 0 and one he is going to be a handful for a debut they said they didn't give a shit uh they wanted to fight and uh, so stephen kent will go in there for the first time i don't really have a whole lot on him beyond that but uh but training with the jones uh family and, and ben kiker uh typically you're not going to see someone that's ill prepared greg you want to get us started yeah i'm, I'm gonna be a little biased here and I know, like, just because you train out of, you know, like somebody like Anthony Pettis' gym doesn't mean you're going to be like Anthony Pettis, you know. Not everybody's going to be like those big guys. But coming out of United Karate Studios, you do have your Tyler uh, Jones, Travis Jones, and uh, and you got, the, you know, uh, the godfather himself there, Ben Kacker, man. So uh, they're, they're going to come correct with Stephen Kent in a debut fight. He's around 165. He's fighting around the same weight class as, uh, as Tyler Jones is right now. So I know Tyler's just coming off his fight from two weeks ago. Uh, I know that uh, United Karate Studios is going to send, uh, send Stephen Kent out there. Will Burnett, 0-1 for Milledgeville. He's down there with the moon, just like we said. they got a ton of guys out there to work with and a lot of good talent. Uh, I look to see a uh, Stephen Kent decision here. Uh, I just got to be biased, though, because of, uh, that's, that's, that's my team down there, too, down there in Dalton. I like those guys. All right, Torres? Yes, um, man, these are, I mean, like you say, you really can't just automatically go by the gym name per se. But looking at these two gyms, man, I mean, it's phenomenal. Will Burnett, you know, coming down from that uh, Miller Martial Arts gym. I mean, yes, those guys are game. Yes, I'm from around that area. Know a lot of those guys down there that train. So I'm willing to bet he's not coming up here unprepared. Uh, Steve Kent, obviously, know with the Jones, man, they're phenomenal as well. Um, I think it's going to be a really exciting fight. <laughs> what a way to start the card off. Um, no doubt. But I'm going to go with uh, Will Burnett. Uh, I'm going to go with him by decision. All right. Greg, did you have a decision or finish there? Yeah, decision. Can't All buy right. decision. All right, Hobbs. Um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're kind of guessing on Stephen Kent, like Greg was saying, just based on, you know, where he's at and who he's with. So, I mean, it's still kind of an unknown because uh, I do believe what Greg said is true. You know, just because you train with someone uh, doesn't mean that it's necessarily rubbing off on you. Um, but what we do know is regardless of his, his one loss there that we know we've seen Wilburnett and we know that he's a tough cat. So uh, I'm leaning towards uh, Burnett with Torres here. Um, so I'm definitely going Wilburnett, but I think we see uh, I think we see a decision. Yeah, Wilburnett decision. All right, Torres and Hobbs both take Burnett by decision. Greg goes Kent by decision. Next up, lightweight 155 MMA, Hayden Stanley, a debut out of Karate Mafia in Mooresville, Tennessee, taking on Elijah Gilbertson, 4-4 four and four out of Knoxville Martial Arts Academy in Knoxville, Tennessee. So this is a late, uh, late replacement bout here, uh, originally supposed to be uh, Christian McNutt from the Gracie Foothills gym uh, in this slot, uh, taking on the debuting uh, Hayden Stanley. But alas, he pulled today with a torn hamstring. Um, I'm a little wary on this one, guys. Just to to be you know to be blunt, he he did say that he's got some documentation to show that he has a torn ham, hamstring. Um, I haven't seen that yet, so if if he does show uh, show me that and it's legit, then I will uh, I'll acknowledge that. But he's had every opportunity today for the past four or five hours to show me that, and he hasn't. Uh, regardless, man, getting a, uh, a torn hamstring on fight week is still just like, what the fuck? You know, he said that he, 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 uh, was in a knee bar and he rolled the wrong way and, and they tore his hamstring. Uh, but I'm just not sure why we're locking up knee bars, uh, the day before weigh-ins. And that's sad. Uh, uh that said, we, we were able to, uh, secure a replacement opponent. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, Elijah Gilbertson, we, we've talked about many times on here. He, he just won a few weeks back against the late, uh, late replacement fighter, uh, himself in Dan Garrett, and even his record up at four and four fighting out of KMAA. I know he's been at the beach on vacation the last 10 days. He'll be coming back late Friday. And in fact, I'm sorry, it's late Thursday. So he'll have to weigh in same day. That said, at 155 pounds, you know, he's typically a 45er that's, that's uh, moving down to 35. So I don't think he'll have any kind of weight cut to have to endure. That's about what he walks at. He'll have the experience advantage. Uh, tall, rangy uh, striker is Elijah Gilberson. And uh, he'll be taking on uh, Hayden Stanley, who is with the Karate Mafia in Morristown, Tennessee. And um, that's the first I've heard of this group. Uh, looks like he's put together. looks like he's in pretty good shape. I spoke to Chris Bond, who has trained some with him. Uh, and he said that he is, uh, he's very green, but he's also, he's an explosive, strong, quick striker. And so, uh, you know, I could see this being a situation where, you know, he could maybe overwhelm Elijah early. Um, but if not, uh, if we get into deeper waters, uh, you know, keeping that pace uh, with a guy uh, that's been in there uh, a lot in Elijah Gilberson could be tough. So, uh, it, it, you know, for a late replacement fight, it, it is still intriguing. All right. Get us started, Torres. Yes. Um, looking at this matchup, I mean, this is a really interesting matchup. I mean, Tim really explained it off really early. Um, you know, from from the from the looks of it, I mean, if Hayden is an explosive type fighter, um, with his karate stance, using his movement and things. It'll be really interesting to see how this fight uh, happens in round one. Round one will really tell how this fight will go. If Hayden is controlling from round one, landing strikes, he might get the finish. And if Elijah is starting to gas slightly early, you know, no telling how much cardio he done. He might always stay in shape, you know, no telling what Elijah does. 
But if it, I'm not going to lie, I would lean to experience if it was to go to distance. But I mean, I don't know, man. This is this actually is a really hard fight to pick. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Hayden Stanley by TKO. All right, Hobbs. Uh, I do uh, I agree with a lot of what Torres says, man. But I, man, I just something about this fight. I I think the fact that um, Elijah. Is just coming in cold turkey. I, I don't know. I, I think it. I think it's going to bode well for Elijah. You know, uh, he hasn't stressed this fight. He hasn't been in a long camp. Um, you know, I, I've wanted to see this kid get above five hundred uh, and, and get a. You know, get on the winning side of a record. And I think this is the one, y'all. I think this is one where he just comes in with no pressure, no weight cut. Um, like I said, didn't have to stress it. And I think he comes in and performs well in this one. Just don't know a lot about Hayden Stanley and and the uh, Karate Mafia. Um, you know, I, I know he's he had a little bit of a high school wrestling background, but you know, so did my sister. So that doesn't mean much. Um, but you know, the interesting part is uh, the the Shotokan Karate. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious how much of his you know life he's he's dedicated to that because uh, it could make for an interesting style uh, fight if he uses his legs and his the length of his legs to keep his to keep Elijah uh, you know it uh, away from him. But uh, interesting aspects to the fight. But I think I'm just going to have to go with my gut on this one, and and I think just the the short notice and no pressure is going to. Uh, favor Elijah Gilbertson, so I'm taking Elijah with uh, TKO. All right, Hall or Greg? All right, I love me some Elijah Gilbertson, but the fact that he's been at the beach, and uh, you know, I know that he just walks around at 155, so he's not having to, you know, really get anything down or get in shape for this fight. Uh, I've got to go with Hayden Stanley. Uh, via TKO. I mean, my heart is with Elijah Gilbertson, but he's not. Uh, he's not training. He took. He just, just got from back to the beach. He's, he's just dropping the hat. He's jumping in there. I respect the fuck out of him. I love Elijah, but uh, I gotta go. I, I keep picking against him. He knows my heart's with him, but uh, I gotta go with the uh, Hayden Stanley here by TKO. All right, Greg and Torres both take Stanley by TKO. Hobbs takes Gilbertson by TKO. Next up, welterweight's 170-pound MMA, James Pruitt debut out of Milledgeville Martial Arts in Milledgeville, Georgia, taking on Josiah Newton, a debut out of Hobbs Jackson Wink in Concord, North Carolina. Now, this is low-key a sleeper fight to watch, guys. For for uh, for two debuts, I'm very excited to see both of these guys. So James Pruitt uh, comes as a, he's teammate of uh, William Burnett, who we spoke about earlier, out of the Milledgeville Academy of Martial Arts down in Georgia. He is uh, a brown belt in BJJ, so he that tells me he's been training a good while to have uh, achieved his brown belt, just making his debut. That's a very, uh, very good accomplishment, and um, you know, training down there with the Moon Cosme and those guys, uh, you know, and then uh, that's also where uh, the the team uh, fe- the team phenom uh, Catherine Mullis is as well, uh, who we've been seeing on the Hyder Cup circuit, getting ready to make her MMA debut here probably in August. Anyway, um, he's taking on Josiah Newton, who is only 19 years old um, out of that Hobbs Jackson Wink Academy in Concord. We've only had one fighter from there so far, but he looked really good. It was uh, Cody Noel who fought and beat one of those dethroned guys from California a few months back. And so I was 
immediately kind of like, yeah, these guys, you know, it's pretty solid. Uh, Josiah is my liaison there, if you will. That is who I deal with when it comes to booking their fighters. So I don't know that he's like a coach there, but he's certainly a leader there in their program. Um, he is a uh, very, uh, very athletic young man uh, making his debut. He's two and one in kickboxing and has competed at a high level in kickboxing, it looks like as well. Um, so it's not his first time actually in the cage. This is your typical striker versus grappler battle, brown belt versus white belt, but the white belt has uh, extensive striking experience. And uh, I tell you, man, Tristan Scarborough, our, our guy, uh, Tristan Scarborough, he he just started over there at Hobbs Jackson Wink, and he has been very, very high on Josiah Newton as a prospect, says he's the good. So, you know, taking on a brown belt in his debut, he knows he's a brown belt, too. It's not like this is hidden knowledge. Uh, it tells me he's very confident. Hobbs, get us started. That's a tough one, y'all. Um you know, not our typical, well, we don't know much about either one. We know just enough about both these guys um, to make you have to stop and really think about this one. Um, like you said, Tim, I mean, it boils down at this point to, you know, striker versus grappler. Um, and I just, I've got to, um, I've got to lean towards the grappler um, with that brown belt and jujitsu. You know, I, I just tend to see this playing out with, uh, you know, Pruitt, even if he has to eat a few punches coming in, getting his hands on him and getting this to the ground and, and hopefully being able to take his time and, and impose his will on the ground and let that BJJ take over. So I'm going James Pruitt and I'm going submission. Greg? I, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time a second exactly what Hobbs said. We don't know nothing a whole lot about each guy, but I know the one's got the brown belt, and uh, with that being said, a brown belt can turn to a white belt real quick when he gets punched in the mouth. Um, however, <laughs> the brown belt speaks a lot. You're coming out of Milledgeville down there. Um, uh, I gotta also go with James Perot by submission. Torres? Yes, um, with me. I'm also going to go with uh, James Pruitt. The reason why, I mean, that brown belt in jiu-jitsu, man, I mean, yeah, it's hard to beat that. That's one of the hardest things to beat. Um, I'm willing to bet Josiah is an up-and-coming fighter. I'm willing to bet he has a lot to offer. It'll be really interesting to see how he can, um, you know, keep the fight on the feet. What will he do to be able to stop him from taking him down? But, you know, with him being a brown belt, I'm willing to bet that James has some type of form of wrestling at this point, especially at the gym he's training at. So, uh Give me James Pruitt uh, by submission. All right, everybody takes Pruitt by submission on that one. Next up, bout number four, we have middleweight MMA, 185-pound Zane Havener, debut out of Nice Guy Submission Fighting in Hammond, Indiana, taking on Tommy the Whisperer Waller, 4-1 out of Grace Foothills, Gracie Foothills Jiu-Jitsu in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, so I'm excited for this one too, man. Uh, you know, this is uh, – it's not a big amateur card, but the but the amateur fights we have are very interesting to say the least. They're they're very uh, they're very intriguing, and this one is no different. We got two young bucks here: uh, Tommy Waller, nineteen years old; Zane Havener, twenty years old. Tommy already with four fights to his credit, coming into his fifth uh, fifth fight. Uh, this will be a second fight with it, with his gym, the Gracie Foothills BJJ under Jerry Burns uh, uh, here in Seymour in my neck of the woods, actually. And uh, Tommy, you know, tall, rangy guy, um, really kind of hard to peg what what his style is, uh, per se. You know, I, he he's 
he's a long rangey athletic kid that um, that has got some power, but has got more wins by submission. Oddly enough, just the way things have shook out, he's got two fight of the night awards to his credit. Uh, so he's always in exciting fights, uh, win or lose. This is this represents a pretty good step up, I, I think, for him uh, still. Even having four and one as his record, Zane Havener only a debut, but um, uh, coming out of that na- uh, nice guy camp there in Indiana, uh, he's a blue belt. Tommy's a white belt. Um, and Zane is a guy that uh, he, he's a tall. He's another. He's tall and rangy like Tommy. Not quite as tall as Tommy, but he is a tall, rangy guy. Uh, very unassuming. Um, he is, from what I can gather, like takes the brunt of the punishment and shit from these uh, these badasses over there at Nice Guy Submissions with Bobby Emmons and you know, Jesse Ray Childry and his brother Andrew Havener, who he's fought for us many times. You know, they 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 won the Hydra Cup uh, quartet, advanced quartet, and uh, when I recall, Havener uh, Zane Havener was. If it wasn't him, it was his brother. They would typically be like the first guy out. They, that's who they would run out there to kind of like, you know, stall out the other teams like good guys. And, and, and he didn't get like a lot of subs, but he didn't get subbed either against uh, against very tough guys. So I expect him to be just very durable and very kind of used to being ran through the ringer. And, and I mean that in the most uh, flattering way possible, honestly. Uh, you know, uh, I think him being a debut is he's still just a salty kind of experienced guy from the grappling circuit. And so uh, with Tommy having most of his wins by submission, it's very interesting to see how this goes. I think Tommy, if I'm Tommy's corner, I still think he wants to keep this fight standing um, if he can. And uh, because we don't know what Havener can do standing, we haven't seen that at all. So I'm really excited. These are two young bucks, 19, 20 years old. Uh, You know, they're young in their career, but uh, both have a lot of potential. Back to you, Greg. All right. I don't like to fade Tommy Waller. And now that he's joined up with the gym and he's got he's got a squad behind him, it makes me want to lean more towards him. Uh, Zane Havner, I just looked him up on Facebook, and I got to say, one of the funniest pictures I've seen in a really long time, he's holding a puppy dog. It's a little bitty dog. And uh, he's, like, kissing it on the Back the head, I guess just gave it a bath, and it says, ready to see this cold-blooded killer make his Amy MMA debut in six days. And like Tim said, if you saw this guy, he does not look assume, like he's very unassuming. He's not – He's not. Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, but uh, here's what I'm trying to say. Tommy Waller is something that Tim didn't mention. Is Tommy Waller comes with that old goo-wop, and he will fucking do-wop you too. And he's got a left and a right, and he just swings for the fences. He's got something that you can't teach. He's got a big heart. Uh, kids making his shit, dude, man. And uh, I guess Dunkin' Donuts did him wrong, man, because that's where I remember him from. And ever since he's left there, he's been on a streak, dude. And, uh, God, I had Zane Havner circled right here because you guys said he was he's a blue belt. And I remember, I think he, you said he was he, he did he won the Hydra Cup uh, team battle not long ago, right? So, would that be Yeah, his, his, his quartet won it, yeah. Mm-hmm, I was saying. Um, that's what I'm wondering right there is if he can get Tommy on the ground, can he submit him? And I have Havner circled right here, but I'm I'm gonna change it up. I'm going with Tommy Waller via TKO. Torres. Well, you know, y'all always know me. When you got two ground guys, it comes to who's better on the feet. And we don't know much about this Zane have Havener guy too much on the feet yet. We do know about Tommy, but you know, Tommy do come a little bit wild sometimes. He does. 
but he keeps coming. That's the thing. You know, his last fight, I mean, he even threw up after the fight. But the problem is he kept coming, and he keeps coming. And, you know, with Tommy experiencing this, it's going to be really interesting, especially if it does go to the ground. I really would like to see, you know, who has the upper hand here. But I'm going to go with a guy who got the slightly better advantage on the feet and because of his experience. I'm going with Tommy Waller by uh, TKR. Hobbs? Havener, uh, sub. I just, I think, I mean, we see Tommy Waller with those, uh, you know, I know Tommy's one, man, this is going to bite me in the ass too, because Tommy will make sure that we talk about this all night, uh, Friday night, uh, when he gets there. But, you know, Tommy may have submission wins, you know, on his, on his record, but I mean, I don't know. I know Greg said, it seems like he's been on fire lately, but I feel like here lately, what we've seen is once it gets to the ground, um, you know, a, a deficiency of, of sorts when it gets on the ground here lately. Um, you know, cardio, I think, has, has been in question. Those big looping, uh, who was the, what was the one? The Christian Lee fight, right? You know, that think back. To, yeah. yeah, think about that one. I mean, anybody with any kind of ground game and, and submission game and takedown uh, game, those big, just wide looping hooks that he throws from down deep, if Christian had just stayed there and ducked under him, I mean, he would have had a million and three takedowns, you know, that fight. Instead, he, his, his, what he did was just run from the swings. <laughs> uh, but had he just kind of ducked under him, I mean, he could have taken, you know, Tommy down at ease. And I think that's where Zane is going to uh, uh, prosper in this fight is, is, you know, being able to duck and dodge some of those big looping uh, f- punches and just go straight for the takedown and get this thing to the ground. So I'm taking Havener uh, by sub. All right. Hobbs got Havener by sub. The other two take Waller by TKO. Next up, we have 125 flyweight title. Alfredo Rodriguez, 3-2 and two out of independent MMA in Newman, Georgia, taking on Jackson Donovan, 6-1 and one out of KMAA in Knoxville, Tennessee. So this is our amateur main event. And it's a good one. Uh, our one of our only two title fights on the night. So we're going to crown a new 125 champion after Kyle Linder has gone pro and vacated. So Jackson Donovan, a guy who's kind of been waiting in the wings now for a while. Uh, you know, Jackson is a guy uh, who has been active uh, in, in and ran up a pretty good win streak before he ran into Jacob Romano. But since that fight, he has started another win streak. And now at six and one coming into this fight, uh, you know, last time out, he beat a very tough Christian Lozano um, on primal combat. Uh, you know, Jackson is, is a guy that is that we've talked about in the past. He's, he's this new generation at only 20 years old, but he's been training for, man, probably six years or more. Uh, you know, a good solid blue belt, probably close to having his purple belt, if I had to guess. And uh, he can do it all. He can strike. He can grapple. Uh, he can wrestle. He's he's just very uh, very well rounded, and is he's one of these guys that they started training MMA, all facets of MMA, um, at a very young age. Uh, he's taking on a, a tough one here, uh, uh, arguably the toughest uh, he's fought yet, with the, maybe the exception of Romano. Uh, and that is going to be Alfredo uh, Freddy Rodriguez out of Doug Usher's uh, independent MMA down in uh, Noonan, Georgia, not to be confused uh, with an independent fighter. He is uh, – there's one thing that jumps out to me is the height discrepancy here, and that's that you know, Freddie Rodriguez is 5'2", Jackson Donovan's 5'7". So uh, at 125 pounds, that will be a noticeable um, uh, 
uh, length difference there. But uh, uh, Rodriguez uh, out of Michigan uh, originally, he's a transplant down here to uh, to the south. He trains with Mike Wilson, who we'll see a little bit later on the card. Three and two at this point. The uh, he's the NFC down in Georgia, Atlanta area. He's the NFC flyweight champion. Um, and he's got a very extensive wrestling uh, background that I didn't really realize until today. But I was looking at this guy, and he has got some credentials. I'm sure the guys will get into that. This is a very much your wrestler versus kind of, you know, a, a high level wrestler versus a you know a well rounded like you know new next level uh, not not I don't want to say next level uh, next generation type prospect that's been at it for a while. All right, Torres. Yes, man. Um, I'm really excited for this matchup. Really good uh, matchup right here for the uh, flyweight title. Um, you see, you see a lot of uh, great things out of Jackson Donovan. I mean, I look at all his matchups, man. He beat some great guy like Bradley Breakfield. You know, I've seen him fight on a lot of occasions. He submitted all his wins are submissions by the first round, except for the one on Primal. You know, his first one he had to go to distance, but I mean, he's a first round guy. He gets after it. He gets the finish in the first round. And, you know, Freddie, I mean, uh, Rodriguez, I mean, he looks like, you know, he's big-time game. Um, he's more of a Muay Thai guy. Uh, you know, he, he has a lot of uh, different things he does, uses wrestling. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting um, to see in this matchup. I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. But I'm going to get Jackson Donovan's submission. I think he keeps that streak continuing. Tops, what the hell just happened? Right. So this dude has all these wrestling accolades. If we look at our, you know, nice, neat little spreadsheet right here and Torres Finney goes against the wrestler. Holy shit. I got to gather myself now, man. These, uh, these wrestling stats right here are enough to make Greg Hopkins, uh, you know, cream his jeans here, man. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on for this guy. What did, I mean, what did he, he was like male, best male athlete in, in junior college. Um, the first ever wrestler, uh, he said, to ever win that award. Uh, a three-time high school state wrestling champion. A two-time JUCO nat- uh, national champion. I mean, there's a lot of accolades, man. Um, oh, Lord. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not see that on that list. Yeah, well, Good sorry about God. your luck. Wait, did you oh, your oh, you're like, oh you're my like, goodness. I'm not Oh, like, somebody didn't do their homework. Uh, yeah, uh, scroll right, buddy. Uh, so anyhow, uh, you know, I know this is kind of irrelevant, but I mean, how much weight do you think Rodriguez is cutting, Tim, compared Man, to how I, much weight? You know, I just want to think about the size difference. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think that Jackson – I don't think that he walks at 35. I, re- I recall when he's fought at 35, he would come in at like 32. So right. I feel like – Probably what he's walking at. I don't exactly know what Freddie's uh, cutting, but I do know he is cutting. And uh, having that wrestling background, I'm sure he, he's he's used to it. The right. the, the, spot, the height and reach uh, gap here at flyweight, though, I think will be noticeable. Five seven versus five two, and honestly, Jackson Donovan kind of comes across as taller than five seven when you're around it. And, and that's kind of what I'm I'm sitting here picturing and thinking is again, you know, Freddie being that. You know, that kind of wrestling history. He's got this weight cut thing down pat. Uh, I didn't feel like Jackson really cut a lot. And like you said, when he fought at 35, I mean, he's always coming in under. So um, I think we're going to see while the height difference may lean Jackson Donovan, I think that just small, strong, compact uh, and strength is going to come from Freddie. And you mix that in with that that wrestling background, man. 
I'm going. Uh, I'm going with Rodriguez in this one. Um, let me just decide. I'm going Rodriguez. Three threes. I'm going to go Rodriguez by decision. Greg. All right, man. You know, I love me some mini Tom Brady and Jackson Donovan. I really do. And uh, he has been on a tear. He's only got, you know, one loss right on him. So, man, but we read out, we read out the accolades. You know, they all, you know, he's a, he said he's a no-stripe white belt. So, you know, he's relying wholeheartedly and 100% on his wrestling. Um, it looks like one of his losses is by submission. That's, yes. So, so, but jujitsu which Donovan Jackson has is kryptonite to wrestling. You know, if you're, if your jujitsu is better than the wrestlers, you're going to beat a wrestler, you know, nine times out of 10, just because, yeah, Jeff, I said it because I know what the kryptonite is, but, but also wrestling could be kryptonite to jujitsu. Yeah, it can. It goes both ways. It does. However, this guy's a three time state champion from high, uh, in in Michigan, you know, two time Juco Natty champ, top 16, top 12, last two years in his high school, uh, last two years, you know, two time NCAA Division one national qualifier. Dude, I'm telling you, just to even get to that tournament, you gotta be a bad dude. Um, with that being said, I just uh I think that um, you know, my heart again is with Jackson Donovan, but my money, you know, it's gonna have to lie with Rodriguez right here. And I'm gonna take the TKO. I'm taking the step out by ground and pound stoppage. All right, Torres takes Donovan by submission. The other two go Torres, Hobbs by decision. Greg by TKO. Next up, we are moving to the pros. 135-pound Bantamweights, Drew Henry, 0-5, out of Rockhouse MMA in Kauai, Hawaii, taking on Robbie King, 1-0, out of Ring Combat Sports, LLC, in Whitfield, Virginia. Now, just a quick correction. Uh, that Now, uh, Drew Henry is a pro debut. Uh, yeah, that was, that's his amateur, his amateur record. So, uh, we'll get into him first. Drew comes all the way from big Island, uh, Hawaii. He's fought on the primal combat cards, uh, as of, as of late. That's how we ran across him. Uh, a very eager kid. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's been fighting at 135 and may, and really needs to probably be fighting at 125. Um, he's scrappy though. He's going to throw, uh, he's going to, he's going to go out on his shield and, and he's going to, he's going to give it, give him your all. That said, he, he's a young buck, and uh, you know he hadn't had any luck yet as uh, as an amateur. So he said, "Hey, man, let's get paid. Let's let's turn pro. Let's let's wipe. My, he wants to wipe his record clean and uh, and start fresh. And uh, we'll see if he can get on the winning track here now after uh, five amateur uh, experiences against the debut, the Valor debuting. I should I say, Robbie Ring, Razor Robbie Ring, uh, out of Ring Combat Sports up in Withville. Uh, his parents run the Titans of the Cage uh, promotion up in uh, Southwest Virginia. And uh, this is kind of one of your young prodigies. Uh, we, he's just signed with Valor, actually. Uh, we just signed an exclusive deal with Robbie. Uh, this will be his first fight. And uh, at only 20 years old, he's another one of these wonder kids that's just been at it forever. He was doing uh, – we had him on the show uh, last week, and you know he was doing MMA fights up in, in the wild west of Virginia. You know, at, at, before he was 18, he already had a few fights. Uh, with full rules, you know, they, they were using um, elbows and heel hooks and all the, pro, the pretty much pro rules for amateurs up there. So uh, when he he broke into the pro ranks, he's already been fighting under those rules. Uh, a very, very well-rounded uh, fighter, very good athlete, uh, undefeated amateur. I, I I don't have it right in front of me here, but I oh, let's see here. He's undefeated. 7-0. 
seven and zero as an amateur uh, on that uh, fighting for the Titans of the Cage most of the time. So we're excited to have him and excited to, to have him uh, on the roster for sure. A kid that's got a lot of potential, and uh, I know he's going to look to put on an impressive showing uh, his first time out with us. All right, Hobbs. Um, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I mean we like I said we've seen Drew Hill several times. He just you know hasn't been able to find that formula to 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 walk away from the cage with a win here uh, at Valor. Um, Robbie Ring obviously brings a, a, a highly decorated type uh, you know amateur career, much the opposite of Drew Henry. Um, you know, I just I don't know if this is the cat. I don't know if Robbie Ring is the is the cat that that Henry's going to find that first win with. Uh, you know, again, nothing against Drew Henry. This is a tough debut for him. Um, so I'm going to uh, I'm going with Robbie Ring, and I'm going to go TKO. Greg, I will second what he said. Uh, we, I don't think he finds that win here against Ring. Drew does. I just don't think he does. Uh, uh, yeah, got another referee stoppage, uh, I think, uh, right here in Ground and Pound TKO. Ring. Suarez? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Robbie Ring TKO. I mean, 7-0 amateur career. 1-0 is already as a pro. Um, and his first win was in 16 seconds. Um, he's coming with the vengeance. So, yeah. Give me right. a Robbie Ring TKO. Clean sweep. Next up, we have Bantamweight females. Danielle Wynn, 0-2 from ATT Team Lima uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, taking on Morgan Hickman, 2-2, KMAA in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, now uh, this one should be fun. Uh, our first female fight of the night. Uh, Morgan Hickam uh, is coming in off of uh, her first win. You know, last time out, she uh, she broke into the winner's column and uh, was happy to see that for her. She beat Hannah Rosario in a pretty fun little fight, from what I recall. And um, uh, Morgan uh, representing KMAA, this will be the first uh, KMAA pro that we'll see on this card, uh, you know, fighting under Eric Turner there, Jason King and the gang at the uh, Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. Uh, she's she's pretty tall and rangy female fighter, uh, undefeated. She was as an amateur and uh, and held uh, held a couple titles as well, uh, you know, uh, as an amateur purple belt and BJJ. And she'll be taking on Danielle Wynn, who is um, a rematch, actually. Danielle Wynn comes in at 0-2 as a pro, but she's fought pretty tough uh, chicks already. She, she fought uh, Frank Mir's daughter, Bella Mir, in her her debut, and they went to a split decision, I want to say. Uh, I, I want to say that was pretty close. And and, and then she, uh, she also fought down the road in Chattanooga about two months ago, and she lost to one of the Chase uh, I want to say she lost one of the Chase sisters, maybe. Uh, so, so that's tough. You know, there's tough fights. Um, it, they they fought as uh, amateurs down the road on Smoke Show, uh, and uh, that was a, a really solid fight as amateurs. So they're going to run it back as pros here. Uh, Danielle Wynn is uh, with the ATT Team Lima group uh, with Diego Lima down there in Atlanta. And um, she's blue belt uh, for the record, had seven, uh, seven amateur fights. Uh, she was had a winning record there. So I'm expecting a, a pretty nice little fight here. All right, Greg. Uh, well, I got to see that match down there with uh, Danielle Wynn and Morgan Hickam. And, uh, you know, that was right before I fought Trevor Peak that night. And uh, I didn't really get to watch it, watch it, but I did watch the uh, – the re the rerun on the pay per view of it because like 
uh, I believe Morgan was just like dotting up Daniel Wynn's legs, just with legs, leg kicks and just breaking her down. They went five rounds, you know, as an am- as amateur, five three minute rounds. So um, I think this will be a repeat. And uh, and I like Danielle Wynn, man. You know, I like her a lot. I think she's a I think she's a real promising young. But uh, I think that Morgan, now that she's uh, now is Morgan two and two. If you wanted wanted to, yes, uh, that was my mistake. That was my mistake. There, I apologize. The uh, there's a lot of uh, facts that get jumbled up in this uh, warped mind of mine. So yeah, I apologize. Morgan has actually got two wins. Okay, yeah, all good. So yeah, man, I was just, I was the same because Morgan had one win. I wanted to see her get to the the, the five hundred, but she's gonna. I think she's gonna end up doing it. But but I uh, I you know with the past two fights that she's lost, you know we haven't got to see a whole lot of um you know of more experience coming out of uh, Morgan Higgins, but. But Daniel Wynn, you know, she still hasn't found that, you know, that win yet. I know she's going to be hungry for it. Uh, could be a sleeper fight. You might see some a lot of excitement out of this. I know that Morgan's going to come with them leg kicks. Let me get through this. I got to take Morgan by decision. I think we see a repeat of uh, 2017. Torres? Uh, yes. Uh, this is actually going to be a really fun matchup. Um, I love seeing uh, rematches sometimes. And, um, man, you know, they fought in 2018, you know, as amateurs coming back, fighting again as pros. And also see here that uh, Daniel Wynn has another fight already scheduled uh, in September. So, um, you know, it's good to have, you know, trying to get this win on her belt. These back-to-back fights. I mean, she lost one fight by decision. Her last fight she lost by uh, submission. So I think Wynn, um, she's going to come hard. I see she has a little kickboxing background. But I think Morgan Hickam pulls it out and she wins by decision. Hobbs? Yeah, I definitely see Hickam. Um, you know, it, it, this many years passed from the uh, the first fight. I think a lot of that's irrelevant at this point. Uh, both girls are just a little saltier than they were at that time. And uh, Morgan is such a grinder. Um, you know, she's not a big girl, but she fights heavy. Um she really does a great job, um, you know, with pressure up against the fence, being heavy on her opponent, uh, really making her opponent work to get off of the cage. Uh, and, and I see that being the formula for Morgan in this fight. Um, you know, Danielle comes from a great camp uh, down at ATT Lima. Uh, we've seen it, you know, before with with fighters that come out of there. But I think Morgan's just kind of uh, – you know, just just grindy up against the cage game plan. Uh, I think she's going to control this fight. Um, don't necessarily see her getting the finish, but I see, uh, you know, a pretty dominant uh, decision for Morgan Hickam. All right. Another clean sweep there. Next up, <clears throat> catchway to 150, Scotty, Scott, Scotty Stockman, one and one out of Rufus Sport in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, taking on Arthur Cisse, four and two out of KMAA in Knoxville. So this is another uh, another very interesting one. Uh, Arthur Cisse, DJ bout it. Uh, he just fought down in Chattanooga a couple weeks back and got kind of a weird win over uh, uh, Shlomo Boyd. There was a cut stoppage. It was just in a really funky spot. So we didn't really get a whole lot of action in that one. So I, I know that uh, Cisse didn't take any damage there. He's in shape and he's ready to turn around quickly. Four and two, uh, training there at KMAA under Eric Turner with Ovin St. Prue and the gang. He's a brown belt. Uh, in BJJ, that's his game, man. He's a very, very solid grappler, and um, you know, ha- did show a little improved striking. I thought in his fight with Jason Wolf a little while back, though. So it'll be interesting to see if, if he displays some of that uh, in in this fight. 
Uh, he's going to be uh, looking to go to five and two, though, and he's taking on uh, the uh, young upstart Scotty Stockman, who uh, he's out of Rufusport up there in Milwaukee. Uh, he is uh, by way of Oregon. I believe he's originally from the West Coast, uh, uh, from up uh, the Pacific Northwest. But now he's at Rufusport in Milwaukee, uh, training with Duke Rufus. Uh, his uh, quarterman for this one's going to be our old friend uh, Gerald Mearchart, who uh, who fought for us back in the day uh, before getting the call up to the UFC. Uh, GM three be always uh, always good to see him. Seven and one amateur blue belt, so he's giving up some rank here to Arthur. But it looks like this guy's got got the goods as a wrestler too, guys. This guy. With some pretty good uh, wrestling accolades, all American at 157 pounds, top 10 in the United States um, uh, as far as wrestling goes. And then he's also got some, uh, he wrestled in college, has some boxing, uh, Golden Gloves uh, boxing um, uh, experience. Uh, and then he's got some amateur MMA hardware over on the on the West Coast as well. So uh, giving up a good amount of experience in the cage, but it looks like this guy is, uh, is definitely like kind of one of these blue chipper prospects anyway. Torres, get started here. Man, it's going to be a really fun matchup right here, man. Um, you know, Arthur C. Say, you know, him and his uh, black belt using his uh, – I'm going to take, take it back. I mean, sorry, brown belt. Um, you know, having the higher ranked over Scotty Stockman. But I've been seeing a lot of him, Scotty. I mean, he's a boxer. I mean, 7-1 as an amateur coming in this fight. What is this, uh, his first time fighting with Valor, I believe? It is, it is. And, man, the corner he's been in, I mean, wrestling, uh, high wrestling accolades, he gets finishes, and he can, I mean, man, and he can take people down. I see all the majority of his wins as an amateur all by knockout. So, whew, it's going to be a really fun matchup to see um, if Arthur can really try to get it to the ground in this matchup. But um, I'm going to go out of the limb. I'm going with uh, Scotty uh, Stockman. I'm going with him by uh, TKO. Pops? Oh, um, man, that is a tough one. Um, shit, I don't know. I don't even have a lot to say on this one. I'm just really thinking about which way to, to go on this one. Um, whew. shit. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sitting here just thinking about, I mean, we know what you're getting with Roof of Sports, um, but I mean, Stock, Stockman's one and one, so it's not like I mean, it's not like he's a killer. I mean, in, in two professional fights, he's you know he's he's fifty fifty here. Uh, somebody is is learned the you know somebody quickly learned the formula to beat him. Um, I'm going to go Torres went Stockman. I mean, I don't know how much space I can gain on these guys and their points, but I don't know Arthur. Arthur's relentless on the ground, man, and, and with his takedowns. I'm, I'm going to lean towards Cissé in this one, um, but I think it'll be a decision win. I think he's going to control the fight on the ground. Um, you know, various takedowns. Uh, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to have to pull. I'm going to lean towards Cissé by a decision. Greg, there's another one, and Cissé has been like hustle and trying to get everybody he knows to come and watch him fight so uh with that being said i know he ain't looking to even think about losing but he's got to understand that this is the toughest fight i think that he's had ever and he's understanding of it and he knows but he's got a good training partner nick gertz that he's a uh, pro telling with tonight uh in these fights but um 
all American at uh, 157 pounds, top 10 in the USA, Golden Gloves, boxing champ, two time. You know, well, I'm not so much focused on the freestyle and Greco aspects of it, but uh, I look at the accolades and I compare them to each other and I see where, um, you know, CSA wrestled at Franklin High School and they have a really good, tough wrestling background too. And CSA's, she's a brown belt, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and and we, we, damn, dude. <laughs> damn, damn, man. Shit. Look, I, man, like I. I don't want to go against CSA, man. I'm glad I'm not the only one that was just speechless. It's like you just you just look at the two names, man. You just keep thinking. Yeah, no, I'm back and forth on it. Just one. I'm, 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 I, you know what? Just so I don't make anybody mad, I'm flipping a coin, man, because I had it. Uh, hold on. All right, man. It's gonna. Man, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with CSA here by submission. All right. Hobbs and Greg take Cisse. Torres takes Stockman. Next up, we have lightweight 155, Keenan Raymond, three and nine out of Mayaquanchi Misfits in Providence, Rhode Island, taking on Weston Wilson, 10 and six out of Upstate Karate, Simpsonville, South Carolina. Okay, so this is uh, two more guys we're familiar with. We just saw Keenan a couple weeks ago. Uh, he fought Nick Gertz in his return fight and really had a pretty good show, and we talked about it here in our recap show. Uh, he's been in there with a, with a high level of competition competing in the Northeast uh, up in that Massachusetts-Rhode Island circuit, so his record is is very deceiving. At three and, at three and nine, uh, he will beat some people down here. Uh, he's going to have uh, his opportunity to pull off his first win uh, against Weston Wilson, who is coming for that upstate karate gym there with Wonder Boy by way of Utah. Uh, this, he's been all around. And uh, uh, Wes, uh, you know, he's uh, he's tall, rangy, purple belt grappler. Uh, coming off a loss himself, though, you know, he uh, we he actually flew in to corner uh, their guys in the Chattanooga show after his last fight in utah which was the night before so he's on a bit of a quick both these guys are essentially on the same amount of short turnaround weston fought one day before keenan raymond essentially and uh, both coming off losses uh you know, weston's a guy that uh you know has been a, a tricky solid grappler uh already but uh you know transferring over to to upstate karate under Ray Thompson. I'm sure that he's looking to show off some of that striking as well. Um, yeah, these guys are built very differently. You know, uh, Raymond is more short and compact, whereas uh, uh, Wes is a tall rangy and has got reach. Um, it's a, it's an interesting fight. I don't think that, uh, that, that Raymond, after this last fight against Gertz, uh, he, he made uh, Gertz bleed a little bit of his own blood, you know? All right. First up, Hobbs. All right, uh, me. Um, I like Weston Wilson a lot. Uh, you know, I love the gym that he comes from. Uh, everybody that comes out of that upstate karate gym, um, you know, is, is is pretty impressive. He's got an extensive record here, man. I mean, sixteen. Uh, you know, this will be uh, professional fight number seventeen. You know, and and I don't want to necessarily say regional because you said he went where Utah. So I mean, he's he's well traveled. Um, and, I, and that's huge, too. I mean, regardless of whether you came away with a win or a loss, uh, when you travel the country and you get to see, you know, uh, different things from different areas of the country and, and some of their styles out there and complete unknowns, uh, even if you walk away with a loss, 
Yeah, it's still a vast amount of uh, experience and, and lessons and things that you take from those, man. So, um, so I really like, uh, you know, how well-traveled uh, Weston is and, and the things he's seen. And then you add that with, uh, you know, where he comes from and who he trains with. Um, it really makes me want to lean towards Weston Wilson. And I think that's, you know, the way I'm going to go on this one. Uh, I think Weston is the one of the two that rebounds uh, this fight and uh, walks away with a, a victory. So I'm going Weston Wilson, and I don't think I've taken a TKO in a while, so I'm going to go Weston Wilson by TKO. All right, Greg. I wish I would have looked at this. Uh, uh, as far as, like, TKO goes, I didn't duck it. I mean, uh, you know, Raymond's uh, – Sorry, hold on a second. Yeah, Raven's strong, man. He's tough, dude. He's like he, he and, and, and to go as long as he did with Nick Gertz, you know, is a it was it's was, it was a big, you know, big testament right there itself. It wasn't no small feat, you know. I know he lost, but still he stood out to a lot of people in my eyes. And um, Weston Wilson, and he, he came out with a quick victory last time. I got a I got a second. What you know, just based off the records, I know that the three nine record does not do justice for Raymond. He's a tough guy. He's he's, he's built, you know, and he's. Both these guys coming down here to Tennessee to, to get to get a fight, man. You know, so both of them are going to come correct. I'm excited to see uh, what kind of touch-up Raymond's done in the last three, you know, three weeks. And then uh, Weston Wilson, see if he can come there and get another TKO. So that's what I'm taking is Weston by TKO. Torres? Um, yes, I'm definitely going with uh, Weston Wilson. Um, how many people you know is a slap boxing champion? <laughs> or, a, or a thumb wrestling champion. Like, come on, man. Like, that's next level wrestling right there. Thumb wrestling champion? Man. Man, I'll tell you that. I'll take that any day. But, yeah, I'm going with Weston Wilson, man. Uh, I mean, yes, I see that both of these guys are coming off a loss. I did watch Keenan Raymond's last fight against Nick Gertz, and he did, you know, stand out to me, you know, uh, you know, with, you know, the pedigree of Nick Gertz. We thought we were just going to run through him. But, you know, Keenan Raymond, he's standing there, held his own, you know, uh, you know, still in the first round, but he still held his own. and looked really good in that. But um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go Wilson Wilson uh, with TKO in this one as well. All right, everybody takes Wilson by TKO. Next up, we have featherweights 144 or 145. Mike Wilson, 0 and 2 out of Independent MMA in Noonan, Georgia, taking on Garrett Sharp, 2 and 0 out of KMA in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is another low key kind of fight of the night. Um, Type fight, I think. Uh, you know, Gary Sharp's a guy that we're very familiar with, two and zero wins over Sam McAlpin, and then last time he got a, another win over um, uh, Dreon Martin. Uh, speaking of which, Dreon Martin ghosted us on this card. He's supposed to fight Robert McCann, and he's just gone ghost. So I guess fuck him. But uh, anyway, back to back to the fight we're talking about, and Gary Sharp, uh, who, who beat Dreon Martin last time, two and zero, one of uh, one of these uh, next generation guys out of KMAA. Very solid grappler, purple belt, um, you know, a former Valor champion as an amateur, only 23 years old, 6-1 amateur record. And, um, you know, he's just uh, one of these upstarts, I mean, a lot of potential, um, you know, uh, taking on Mike Wilson, who is the second representative out of independent MMA in Georgia, coached by Doug Usher. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Mike Wilson's a guy that is very de- – his record is deceiving. He's better than 0-2, I promise. Uh, former NFC uh, amateur champion down there where he he kind of reigned over that division for a good while. Uh, his last fight out, uh, he did lose, but he lost the decision to, 
to uh, Amun Cosme, who's who's really fucking good. You know, um, he's a purple belt himself. So both these guys are purple belt. Um, you know, he he held that title. Uh, he held the NFC featherweight title, and Garrett held the Valor uh, featherweight title as amateur. So uh, it's uh, it's actually uh, low key. Uh, this is this fight could be like really really good. I think I think that Garrett, uh, while on paper two and zero versus zero and two looks lopsided, this is this is not a lopsided fight. Greg, oh, damn, y'all gonna pick me first too. Oh shit, yeah, those two fights against Akeem and a Moon, man, both those guys down there in Atlanta ain't no joke. Uh, and, and and he stood up against both of them, uh, lost, you know, by choke uh, against uh, Akeem. But man, Garrett's, you know, Garrett survived. Uh, you know that. You know, he was the last one in that Hydra Cup against Connor Hedge, and Connor Hedge is just a big, strong dude, man. And he couldn't, he couldn't really do nothing with Garrett Sharp. And uh, Garrett Sharp's got two, two submission victories right now. I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta go with Garrett Sharp by submission. I mean, the kid's just been excelling and advancing. Every time I see him fight, he's just getting better. I don't see, I don't see him plateauing anytime soon. I just see him keep going. I mean, shoot, there's a fight right there, man, a winner of this. You know, I'd like to see a Moon Cosby come back to the cage, man. You know, I'd like to see him fight Garrett eventually. I got Garrett by uh, submission on this one. Torres? Man, yes, this is a very fun matchup. Uh, actually, one of, one of my favorite fights I want to see on this card. Um, yes, um, I saw the Mike Wilson versus the Moon Cosby. You know, I'm really good friends with the Moon, and, you know, uh, I've seen that fight. And, man, it was that was a tough fight back and forth. Um, you know, Amun obviously had the upper hand. He got the win. But, man, Mike Wilson is tough. He took some really clean shots from Amun and kept coming. Now, as you said, both of these guys are purple belts. If it does go to the ground, I do give the slight edge to Garrett Sharp just from what I've seen on the ground from um, Garrett. And, um, man, you know, Garrett don't went through some tough holes coming out as an amateur. I mean, you know, Andrew Havener, you know, with his Andrew Havener brothers fighting on the card. Andrew Sturdivant, Brandon McGee. You know, he don't put away all, a lot of good, tough guys. And Mike Wilson is another tough guy that I think he will put away as well. And I'm going to go with um, Garrett Sharp in this one. Um, it's hard to see a finish. It's really hard to see a finish in this. I don't know, man. But I can see uh, Garrett Sharp by submission. That's, I'm, that's what I'm going to go with, Garrett Sharp by submission. Hobbs? Um... I, maybe what stands out to me, the stat that stands out to me, and I'm, trust me, I know age isn't you know, nothing but a number, but in this game, uh, it, it can be a little more than just a number. You've got a, a, a 35-year-old uh, against a 20-year-old. Um, now, granted, that means Mike Wilson's got that man strength, um, but I think Garrett's just got that young lion tenacity. Um, you know, I haven't seen – uh, I didn't see the fight against a moon, um, you know, for Mike Wilson. So, I, you know, I, I'm not sure Torres probably he has seen it, be able to speak. Well, he's already spoke about his toughness, but maybe what his cardio is um, at his age. But I just kind of see that youth being the uh, the, the deciding factor in, in this fight. Um, so I'm going with uh, Garrett as well, but I'm leaning towards that other side that it sounded like. Torres wanted to lean towards, and that was a decision because I do see Mike Wilson being so tough that it's going to be hard to get him out of there. So I'm going Garrett Sharp by decision. All right, so everybody went uh, sharp on that one. 
Torres and Greg by submission, Hobbs by decision. Next up, we have 135-pound Bantamweights, Alexandra Balu, Bantam 1 out of Ascension Athletics in Bristol, Connecticut, taking on Christina Adcock, 3-5 and five out of KMA in Knoxville. Another fun one. We're getting into the nitty gritty, as they say. Uh, of course, we've seen lots of Christina uh, Rick Radcock uh, in uh, the Valor Cage uh, in Victor Vet. She's fought some very, very tough girls. Last time out, had a uh, had a three round battle with uh, Serena De Jesus. That uh, she showed a lot of grit, a lot of toughness, and even in a loss, made a lot of fans in that fight. Uh, both these girls are purple belts. Uh, you know, of course, Ricker uh, Adcock fights uh, out of KMAA uh, with lots of uh, good, solid female ladies to train with. And, uh, you know, like Taylor Turner, Emily King, Shannon Young, um, Morgan Hickam, uh, Olivia Parker, you know, just, just lots of good females to train with there at KMAA. Uh, Alexandra Ballou, all the way down from Bristol, Connecticut. And, uh, and she's another tough one. Bellator vet. She won her Bellator fight, in fact, over Lisa Blaine, undefeated as an amateur. Uh, but coming off of her first first loss last time out so we'll see how she rebounds here uh coming off her first ever loss in her career um one and one giving up a little bit of experience here but uh both ladies are purple belts in bjj so the grappling should be close um you know a, a little bit of a short notice fight here uh, Baloo takes this on about two weeks two and a half weeks notice uh originally supposed to be carolyn biscop Rowe in this slot and uh, she wasn't able to to see this through so uh props to both ladies for adjusting to short notice uh bouts on the fly and i'm i'm actually expecting a, a really good brawl here torres yes it's gonna be a, a really interesting fight here i'm um, looking at christina uh i mean she, she showed her toughness and um man i do remember that fight against uh the haste i believe uh, Serena, uh, man. Yeah, Serena De, Serena De Jesus. Yeah, yeah, Serena De Jesus, man. I remember that fight. Yes, that was a tough fight back and forth, especially by Christina. I mean, she she willed her way on at least to get that, at least get it to the uh, um, go to distance. And um, man, I don't know much about his Alexandra. Uh, Alexandra. Um, I'm looking at some of her stats now. Um, I mean, she 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 got a few submissions and she got a few wins, you know, overall, her first win being on Bellator took a few years off and then, you know, taking three years off coming back and in her comeback fight, she loses. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how she comes back into this second fight. But I'm going to give the edge to Christina because she has consistently been in that cage. She consistently working with a tough group. And um, I think she gets the win in this one by submission. Hobbs? Um, you know, one of the things that, and I, you know, I don't know, stands out to me and I don't know why it stands out or maybe it shouldn't stand out to me is you, you look at kind of notable training partners, you know, for both of these. And, and we know who Christina, um, you know, trains with, but uh, Alexandra really didn't, uh, you know, s say that she, she really didn't give a lot of credit to notable training partners. So, you know, it makes you kind of wonder um, what kind of, you know, what is she seeing, you know, at her gym? We know what Christina sees, um, you know, day in and day out, uh, whether that be with, you know, the male fighters or the female fighters, uh, you know, with within her gym. So, you know, that's one thing that I was kind of looking at at this fight. And like you said, we just know Christina is – you know, she's salty at this point, man. You know, she's she has been around. Um, she's, she's been on the big show. She's had a lot of fights at home. Um, you know, going going into a professional fight number nine. And, and even the loss to DeJesus, I mean, we've seen her, 
you know, with adversity, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that fight and what she had to fight through, um, and, and that the Jesus bout, um, not a lot. I don't think a lot of fighters would have, would have been able to finish that fight, you know, and see it to a judge's scorecard. Um, so we know she's tough. I like, I like her record. I like her experience in the cage and I like, uh, you know, what we do know uh, of her training partners. Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning towards, uh, uh, the roadhouse on this one. And I, I don't know, man, I, I think I'm decision heavy tonight. And I, I think, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of them because these are some good, you know, regardless of records, uh, I think these are some really good, closely contested fights and really good matchmaking. Uh, so I'm going to go decision on this one as well. Greg? All right. Uh, uh, love me some Christina Adcock. Uh, man, though, coming out right now, and you guys said it yourself, I remember when she fought Whitney Lyles uh, back and uh, I think it was 2017 on one card. She was a, she was a main event that night. And that was the night where I saw how tough she was because I mean, the girl had, you know, she had her, her hair braided up and everything before the end of the night, that shit was ripped out, man, like out of her head. And, and then we saw her last time, you know, looked like she was shot with a bullet through the head. So there's no question in how tough Christina is. There's no question. Um, would that be, <clears throat> With that being said, Alexander's coming in 50-50. She's got three wins as an amateur. She was the cage cage wars uh, flyweight champion, something like something something along those lines, I believe. And um, I got to believe that Alexander's coming down from Connecticut. She's got to be hungry. I don't think that Eric Turner is going to stick Christina in there uh, right now, not ready. And and I mean, ever since uh, you know January, Christina. <laughs> I'm sure she's been getting ready for the next one, and she's one of the next one. I'm sure she's hungry right now. Um, I don't know who wins this fight. I think this is a 50-50 toss-up. I haven't even looked at the uh, what Tapology's been saying. They got they got Baloo at 89 percent, man, uh, saying she may she could possibly knock that talk out. Uh, I don't see that happening, man. She's tough. Uh, I think that Baloo maybe can tire down. And shit, man, I'd like to see my heart uh, the one. You know, my heart go with my with my money on this one. I'd like to see Adcock get that late late submission right there, or even a decision. Let's go with the Adcock. Let's go with the Adcock by decision. All right, everybody takes Adcock here. Greg and Hobbs by decision. Torres by submission. Next up, we have catchweight 140 MMA. Tim Estruth six and three out of Scorpion Fighting Systems in Saginaw, Michigan, taking on Dre Miley seven and four out of KMA in Knoxville, Tennessee. So we know Dre Miley very well. You know, he's he's been in a lot of big fights in our cage. Uh, last time out, had an absolute epic war against Jose Johnson. Came up on the uh, on the wrong side of the scorecards on that one, but really showed, in my opinion, that he can hang with that top level of talent uh, that you're going to see uh, on the big stage. Uh, you know, his only losses are, are really to, to, to really tough guys, uh, you know, and he, you know, Training at KMAA uh, under Eric Turner. You know, he's hungry. Uh, I've been following his social media. He, he's pumped up for this fight, ready to get back on the winning side of things and kind of needs that signature win, in my opinion. And I think this one, if he gets the win, would be kind of that that feather in your cap kind of win he's been looking for. Uh, he's brown belt BJJ. And, um, you know, it's well noted his uh, his uh, physical situation where, you know, he lost an eye in a car wreck uh, several years back. But you never know it by watching him fight. He's adapted to that so well that uh, 
in ways, if you hear him talk about it, it's almost an advantage for him at this point. Uh, he's taking on uh, Tim Estruth out of that Scorpion fighting systems up in um, up in Midland, Michigan, um, uh, under James Gray. Uh, they always bring it, man. They're always bringing tough guys. Now, uh, Tim is 39 years old, so that's the one number that jumps off the page. You know, Dre's 30, 39 years old for Estruth, and uh, you know he he had uh, I think he was really close to retiring until his last fight. He came back uh, on short notice and uh, and got his his most uh, notable win to date as he moved to six and three with a knockout win, like a 13 or 18 second knockout win over the previously undefeated Cole Farrell. So uh, that was a win that certainly uh, made him the envy of many a southeastern bantamweight's eye, I'm sure. Uh, six and three, as I mentioned, a very extensive amateur record, 17 and five as an amateur. He is also a brown belt BJJ. So you got two high, highly ranked BJJ practitioners. He's also a black belt in judo. So man, this is, this is a great fight. I mean, this is a fight that, um, you know, um, uh, both these guys, I think a win would certainly, uh, certainly elevate them. Even at the age of 39, S truth looking to make one more run. It sounds like we talked to him on the show. And he sounds spry, man. He sounds like he's he's, he's rejuvenated and, and ready to give it another go. And you know, Dre Miley's been waiting for that opportunity for a long time. Hobbs? Yeah, I mean, you already said, you know, the jujitsu uh, kind of cancels each other out. I think that judo is going to play a little bit into this fight. I mean, those, uh, those hip tosses and those throws, um, you know, I think could be a – factor in this when some of that uh, you know that that close quarter grinding up against the cage and, and trying to kind of jockey that hip position and, and try to get a, a trip or a throw um, could play a factor I, I think in this one I don't know I think I think uh, you know Timothy's coming in just really hot right now really still high off that like you said that win against Cole Farrell something that I think uh, you know a lot of people were vicariously uh, living through him uh, in that balcony probably got uh, more uh, more emails, messages, Facebook messages and posts after that fight than he probably ever has uh, in his career. Um, so I think he's kind of living high right now, and I think that may carry over. Um, but like you were saying, Tim, that that fight against uh, Jose, man, that – if you ever had any questions on whether or not Dre, you know, just because he hasn't gotten the opportunity, if you ever had any questions on whether he should get it or, you know, is good enough uh, to to get those opportunities at, on a bigger stage, I think that that fight showed um, that he is and that he could compete with those guys. Um, that was a high level fight. And, and it may be, you know, kind of tit for tat. One of the uh, you know, more high level fights that we've seen. We've seen really good fights between really good fighters, but as far as just, I know, I don't know, you know, the matchup was just extraordinary. And I think the level of what we saw in that fight was, was, you know, out of this world. And, and I just think, uh, I think he, he was disappointed in that fight and the outcome, but I think he took something away from that fight, just knowing that he's close and he's there. So, uh, that being said, I'm going to go with Dre Miley in this one, uh, and I think he's going to get a sub. Greg? <laughs> man, that's, that's, Jeff laid it out perfect, man. Like uh, Tim, you know, beat 
one of the one of the uh, you know Farrell, one of the guys in Georgia that's just been been on a tear. It was eleven and zero, uh, and you know, like you said, everybody's living through him by carelessly wanting to get that dub, and I'm sure he upset a lot of people, a lot of fighters. Whenever Cole first got that loss, um, uh, well, and speaking of Cole, he was supposed to fight Christina, you know, Agtalk's husband, uh, James Agtalk. Yeah, that's right. And uh, he had to he had to pull out of that one. So that was another thing I wanted to add to Agtalk's <laughs> that I forgot. She might be a little pissed off coming in there, you know. So, uh, but we'll get back to uh, Dre Miley here, man. Um, like you said about that last fight Dre had, that was next level competition. And I, 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 I'm not saying that Kim is a step down for Miley, but I gotta say that. Uh, I think that Miley's got the bigger advantage in this fight, being just a just a just honestly just a better all around fighter. I think he's a uh, he's faster. Uh, he's got he's got he's got more wheel right here than Tim. If Tim was looking to to, uh, to to retire after you know right before his last fight, you know I, I don't I don't think he I, he may want to rethink retiring after this because uh, Dre Miley has been on a mission for the last you know. Uh, two or three years that I can remember, and uh, he's not stopping until he gets to go and tell the world his story. He wants everybody to know. I'm looking at Miley; he's sitting at a 30% win ratio against Tim right now, and Tim's got 70. Uh, I got to go with Dre Miley, but I'm going to go with the TKO ground and pound. Torres, yes, um, I'm really excited for this matchup. This is one of those uh, another big time matchup. Easily could be a co-main event, main event of any valid car. I mean, man, these two guys coming off. I mean. Well, you know, Dre Miley coming off a really still a good performance against Jose Johnson. Really good fight between those two. But Tim coming off his big win against Cole Farrell, one of the biggest, you know, wins in the Southeast. I mean, you know, everybody wanted to put that one on Tim's record. and I mean, not Tim Cole's record, and Tim was the one to get it done. And Man, I mean, his credentials are just as good. I mean, being a black belt, you know, six and three, um, it's going to be a really good fight. Um, but I think Dre has a lot to prove in this one. And he wants to show that he is on that level. Um, I think Dre comes at, comes out and he has a big he, he has a big showing. I think Dre comes up in this one and uh, he gets a TKO win. So give me Dre TKO. All right, everybody takes Dre on that one. Greg and Torres by TKO, Hobbs by submission. Next up, we have the co-main event: lightweight 155. Peter Petty's eight and six out of Team Lloyd Irvin in Columbia. Maryland taking on Nick Gertz, 10 and 3, KMA, Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, co main event. I'm, I'm really stoked for these. La- I'm stoked for a lot of it, but like these last two really, really got me just, just excited for this show, man. Uh, and of course, we all know Slick Nick Gertz. Uh, we just saw him a couple weeks ago, got the win over Keenan Raymond in Chattanooga after being on the shelf with injury for, for nearly two years. But, uh, you know, Nick moved to 10 and three with that win, got his BJJ black belt. um, And uh, he's just a very, very tricky grappler. He's he's a well-rounded fighter. He could strike, too. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, that ground game is what he's known for the the entire fight with Keenan Raymond. And this is what gave me gave give more props to Raymond. Like uh, Nick was talking to him the whole time. Like he was, you know, and he's he's a guy that will try to get in your head. You know, he will uh, he'll talk to you on the ground. He will, uh, you know, watch. Anything he can do to make you give that kind of mental slip up to where he can uh, take advantage, and he certainly will. Uh, he can strike too, though, man. He's got a big flying knee knockout on his uh, resume. He's got tricky submissions on his resume, and uh, he's just knocking on the door, man, of, of getting that next call up. Uh, he's got a tough one in front of him here, though, uh, arguably one of the toughest guys fought uh, to date, and that's the joker Peter Petty's coming all the way down from Team Lloyd Irvin uh, in Maryland. 
eight and six, but man, the Joker has fought um, just, man, he's just fought on uh, big stages. Uh, last uh, two fights with the PFL, he lost both of those fights, and he's been on the shelf now since those two fights with the PFL. So he's looking at a two-year break, and I think that certainly plays into things as well. kind of evens the playing field when you consider that Gertz had about a year and a half off, which would have been one of the kind of uh, detractors if you were looking for one there. That kind of washes out. Uh, lost to uh, Alejandro uh, de Almeida and Andre Harrison, who's pretty good, um, uh, by decision both times, though. And then uh, he, he was also on the Dana White's Contender Series, and he, he uh, lost to Julio Arce there. But uh, these, these is tough competition. He's got a win over Jonathan Pierce. Uh, you know, been in there with a very high level of competition. Um only a blue belt in BJJ, so the, the edge in the, the grappling certainly goes to Gertz. However, um, you know, uh, uh, Petty's is a plus athlete. He's got incredible striking, very, very explosive, very confident, very quick. Um, you know, uh, comes in here uh, with a lot of kickboxing experience as well, over 40 kickboxing fights, uh, you know, and, and also wrestled at the Division Two level. And that's not something you see a whole lot from him in his offense so much. But it certainly helps his ability to keep the fight standing where he wants it. All right, Greg. All right, man. This is uh, the people's main event right here, I'd say. Uh, damn. This is the one that uh, whoever wins this fight, <clears throat> both guys, whoever won, whether it be Peter, whether it be Nick, whoever wins this fight is, is going to get the call. They're going to get somebody's calling them, and we're going to see them on a bigger stage i don't doubt it man uh i think nick's pissed off long enough he's ready to see the bigger stage peter's got a little taste of it but uh, uh you know he's not even ranked you know in the region he's he's fought on you know uh bigger stages so he's not even you know allowed to be ranked you know whereas uh gertz is coming in at number four at lightweight tennessee but uh pound for pound he's in top 10 i think tennessee top five i believe but uh this is a tough test for both guys. Is this fight at 55? Make, yeah, it is. Lightweight 155. And we've seen, uh, you know, Peter get down to 45. Well, we, is the last time he fought out. Yeah, I think, I believe, I believe he has plans to go to 45. I think 45 is within striking range and uh, for Gertz. And Petty's t- has fought at 45 as well. Uh, you know, so I don't think that there's going to be just some massive, you know, size gap here. Yeah. And he, and he may be ranked fourth in Tennessee, but I don't think there's four lightweights in Tennessee that beat him. Nope, no, there's not, and that's that. That's the number. That's just a number right there, and uh, the, Nick don't see that. Neither does neither does uh, Peter. But um, uh, you you mentioned, yeah. I mean, I remember when uh, Gertz fought one, you know, when you know one seven, or, or I'm sorry, uh, you know, competed at one seventy at the Hydra Cup just a couple months ago, and I asked him, I was like, I thought you were going to one forty five. He's like, dude, I weighed in with a uh, with a two ten pound weights in my underwear, you know, and I just started laughing. That's just kind of guy he is, and you know, he may he may very well have done that. I don't know, but um. You know, for being, you know, a guy that's going to cut down to 145 and looking, either one of these guys wins, they're going to get that call, and uh, we're going to see him on the contender series, or we're going to see him on a short notice call. With that being said, man, you've never seen Peter submit it. Gertz is slick. I don't know if he gets his submission. Uh, what Nick's got to watch out for is that that early on slot and, and the big heavy shots. Uh, he's got to stay away from those, and that that's that's the way that Nick can finesse this fight, and Nick can come out the victor on this fight with a decision. Torres? Yes, man. Another fight I am really excited for here. This is going to be really good. Um, looking at these two guys, man, again, I'm backing off what Greg said. Nick Gers is coming in and, you know, after not fighting for over two years, 
Uh, now, you know, getting that win over Keenan Raymond, basically getting getting his um, his feet back under him. Now he gets an even tougher opponent, and I think he has an even better showing. So yes, give me Nick Gertz by TKO. Hobbs, I can't say enough, man. This is this is a huge fight. This is a big fight for the promotion. It's a big fight for the crowd, the fans. Um, this, is, this is high level shit right here. Um, but here's the thing for me. I personally, just Jeff Hobbs, I've never seen Nick Gertz lose, all right? I, I wasn't necessarily a part of Valor when he lost the last time. So I haven't seen Nick Gertz lose. So until I do, I'm rolling with Nick Gertz. That dude is nasty in everything he does. You know, if it's uh, combat jujitsu, he's nasty. He's going to slap the shit out of you. He's going to TKO you in a, a combat jiu-jitsu fight. If it's, uh, you know, a, a jiu-jitsu match, he's trying to take a limb home with him. Um, and so it, until I physically see him lose with my own eyes, it doesn't exist to me. So I'm rolling with Nick Gertz in this one by submission. All right. Everybody takes Gertz there. Everybody with a different method. So get somebody will get an extra point. Next up, the main event, lightweight title, 155, Nathan Williams, 12-6 and six out of X3 Sports in Atlanta, Georgia, taking on Demir Farhabagovich, 4-2, and two, and one no contest out of Shield Systems, Knoxville, Tennessee. Main event, man, and this is another one I'm stoked for. we got two just awesome lightweight fights at the top of this card. Uh, the Bosnian barn cat, Demir Farhabagovich, uh, technically uh, it was a, uh, a technical draw last time out against David Robbins. He won that fight in, all, in everyone's eyes that, that saw it. Saw he, he won that fight dominantly. And, uh, and so in our eyes, he is the defending 155 champion going into this fight. He has possession, and that's nine-tenths of the law, they say. <laughs> so uh, we've, got, uh, we've got Demir Farhabagovich coming in, technically with a record of 4-2-1. and one. Uh, Better than his record, he's only fought killers and uh, he's only lost to guys there in the UFC, you know, uh, Jonathan Pierce, Luis Pena. Uh, and uh, those were fights that he was certainly competitive in. Uh, he was winning the fight with Luis Pena until, until he got subbed. Um, he's a guy that uh, is, he's been around. He's another one of these guys that's been around for a long time. He, he was kickboxing for me before we turned 18. So uh, he's been around for a minute. Uh, Purple Belt and BJJ uh, uh, under Ben Harrison at Shield Systems. Trained for Scott Holtzman and Coleman. It's very uh, good uh, talent there at Shield Systems. But for this camp, he he went to uh, Arizona and uh, trained with, uh, you know, the, these folks over there at the lab, uh, Ben Henderson and, uh, you know, Sean O'Malley. Very good talent over there. He said he wanted to really, uh, you know, make sure that he was the very, very best he could be for this fight. He realizes it's a very tough fight and there'll be a lot of eyes on it because uh, these are two guys, just like the guys in the co-main event, the winner of this, in my opinion is the call. They're both on the radar of the UFC and, uh, and just looking for that, for that signature win really. And, and uh, you know, he's taking on nasty Nate Williams here in a five rounder, a guy that's very experienced 12 and six coming out of hot Atlanta with X three. And uh, he's two and O oh in the Valor cage, but two first round finishes over Cromwell Stewart and Steven new dominantly. So uh, he's coming in here with that swagger. He's very confident. Uh, both guys have, have told me that uh, the other guy will not be able to show them anything that they've not seen before. Uh, Demir took it one step further, though, uh, when told about what Nate said and said that, uh, you know, let's let's ask him that question after this weekend. 
because he's not been in there with somebody like me. So uh, we'll see. That remains to be seen how it'll play out. But, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, I think Nate Williams has kind of got that wrestling advantage, a little more grindy, um, uh, controlling. Uh, Demir seems to have the advantage in like just that kill switch. Kind of, like there's a, you know, kind of like Chance Gilbride has, we've talked about. There's a certain kind of edge that some fighters have that are that make them dangerous men in there. And, uh, you know, Demir has that, uh, in spades, uh, not many guys looking to fight the, the barn cat and nasty Nate, uh, definitely, uh, quick to uh, step to the plate when offered. So man, both these guys are super confident. I'm, I'm pumped for this fight and, uh, I hope the winner uh, moves on to bigger, better things. Torres. Man, boy, here we go. The main event of the evening. Yes, sir. Man, look, Look, I am excited. I cannot wait for this fight. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Everybody knows about Demir, man. He's that dog. He's that man. I mean, his only two losses are to guys that both are in UFC, Louis Pena and Jonathan Pierce. I mean, <laughs> you, you look at you look at stuff like this, man, and then you look at Nathan Williams. I mean, uh, 12 and 6. This man comes in, strike a submission game. He can strike. He can do it all. He's on a three-fight win streak as well. I mean, Demir, when the last time he fought, he didn't fall in a minute. You know, he didn't fall in 2020, so it's been over a year. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he comes into this fight, uh, you know, not being in the cage for a good minute, but I'm sure he has been training. Well, if I may interject, it won't show up, but he did have a, a, a pro movie tie fight with Zach Fox, but that, but it wasn't MMA. So, yeah, there, okay. there has been a good while since he's fought MMA. It's a different okay. feel for sure. That is true. Oh, at least he has been in there. So that well, that's a good thing in itself. So uh, overall, man, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. I'm glad it's for a belt too. I'm gonna go with Demir by he's gonna get his comeback when he's gonna win by submission. I'm going with Demir by submission. Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, like you said, both these guys are 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 on that cusp, man. Um I think Demir's record needs this win more because he needs more separation between that win and loss uh, record. You know, he needs to, uh, you know, get that thing about, you know, five and two, six and two, and, and get that, you know, that separation between uh, his wins and losses. Um, you know, that David Robbins fight, that would be a really good win to have, you know, on that column right now uh, and be sitting at five and two looking for six and two. But, you know, I've, I've never seen anybody compete with a four and two record that, you know, is as dominant and close uh, to that to that call as Demir probably is. And I know he's got great management uh, right now. We know he's got great training partners. Um, so, you know, I, this is going to be a high level fight. I just think Demir is in that zone right now. He may not have fought an MMA fight in a while, but it's not like he's he's not sitting at home and he wasn't sitting on the couch. Uh, not fighting. He was, he was, you know, sharpening his, his sword. He was, you know, getting his craft better. Uh, but Nate's one of those guys, man, he is always looking for a fight. He's, I see Nate, uh, Nathan Williams name on, you know, uh, uh, 
message boards and and uh, Facebook, looking for fight uh, pages all over the country. If anybody mentions a fight at 155 anywhere in the country, either Nathan Williams himself or somebody he trains with is dropping his name, trying to fight anybody and everybody uh, he can to, to get that call up, anything that's going to boost his, his record and his opportunities. Um but when it all comes down to it, man, this is this is my pick, my guess, and and I just think Demir is on uh, a path that that not many people right now in our area are going to be able to step in front of him and stop him from getting to uh, getting to where he's going and reaching his goals. So I'm going Demir Farhatbegovich uh, by TKO. Greg, hell yeah, yeah, we've reached the uh, the pinnacle of the card right here, dude. You got. They got the barn cat and Nathan Nasty Williams man here. Oh, right now, in my opinion, I do believe that Demir is probably, you know, you know, probably the number one guy in Tennessee. I don't care what rankings say, and he's fought the number one lightweight in Georgia right here. Both of his uh, both of his losses. When you look at guys like this, and you know, any kind of you know, you want to say scouts or any kind of management's looking at past records, they look and say, well, his only two losses are to guys. Guys who were in the UFC, and at one at, at both points of the fight, he was you know had a really good showing himself was winning one for sure before he got before he got submitted. But uh, Williams has five submissions on his um, on his resume right there, and uh, he's a black belt. Yeah, he, the way the way that Demir fights, the way that Demir fights, it's going to fall right into uh, Williams' uh, game plan. He's going to want to. He's not going to want to stand. He's going to want to go to the ground. He's going to want to work. He's going to want to work on uh, work submissions and start fishing. That's what he's going to want. He's going to want Demir uh, to go after him. So for that reason, I think we may see a different Demir, a, mere, a, a more composed, uh, you know, barn cat than, than he normally is. Is uh, coming out and just attacking, hammer fisting down, and just uh, you know, just swapping fools. But damn, if this ain't a good fight, and uh, damn, if whoever doesn't win this fight gets gets some kind of recognition and some kind of call, I wouldn't doubt. You know, Jeff's just said. You know, get Demir to a five and two, a six and two. I think you get him to a five and two and one because if anybody goes back and watches that match with David uh, David Robbins, we know that you know Demir uh, Demir took full and complete advantage of every aspect in that fight. When it came time for him to win, he jumped it. He'll do the same thing with Nasty uh, with Nasty here. And if he does win this fight, I don't doubt that we possibly see him on a contender series fight in the fall. So I'm going to go with Demir here. Nathan's tough, man. I don't, I don't know if we see a finish, but it's five rounds. I gotta five say, rounds. I gotta say a late, a late finish here by Demir. I want to. Damn though, this is this is a this is a fight. This is a fight. There's no, there's no clear cut winner here right now. We, we we this is one of those ones we can look back and say, yeah, I told you so. But you don't know shit right yet. <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen. So uh, I don't know what to say. I just I'm excited for this whole card, and this one's gonna cap it off right here, dude. Hell yeah. So, uh, so, so barn cat by, the, uh, by late stoppage. I'm going to go with the ground and pound right there. TKO. All right. Everybody takes Demir, Hobbs, and Greg both, both go TKO Torres by submission. 
All right. And that brings us to the end of our card. Uh, before we wrap things up, guys, uh, I'll run, go around the horn here. This is a lot of lot of, to choose from. So I want to get everybody's take for, uh, you know, their uh, their pick for fight of the night. Uh, you know, what what are you the most excited for? I know, like I said, there's a lot to choose from. For me, man, it, it really is hard to narrow it down. But uh, I, that Gertz Petty's fight. Um, it, it is so it is so intriguing and uh and both guys in my opinion already belong on that next stage so i'm, I'm super excited to uh to host that fight uh justin you're judging but i can't give a give away too much but you could be excited yeah man i'm really looking forward to uh the scotty stockman and Arthur cise fight um seems like you know it's gonna be a, a war between those two so that'll be fun to watch uh hobbs how about you uh, this is one of those cars that, you know, these fighters are going to listen to this thing tomorrow or, or on Friday. And hopefully they don't just hear all three judges picking one fighter and think that that we think that it's, you know, it's like when you say a unanimous decision. Well, that doesn't always tell the story. And and us three picking, uh, you know, Dre Miley or Nick Gertz or, or Demir by no means means that we think that these are not close fights because uh, I promise you we do. Uh, I still wouldn't feel real good about parlaying all three of them. Again. No, absolutely not. <laughs> because, you know, it, it'd be silly for me to try to guess which one's going to ruin your parlay. But my yeah, but odds are uh, if, if you're parlaying all three of those, somebody's going to somebody on this, you know, uh, left hand side is going to sneak up and screw your parlay over. That's how close all these are. So, again, guys, you're listening to this. Please don't take too much, uh, uh, you know, or, or let it weigh too much onto you that. Because we're a bunch of, you know, uh, jagoffs over here who uh, just like to talk shit on uh, Wednesday nights on the mic. Uh, but but um, we know these fights are, are closer than what uh, than what just simply saying that we all three went one way. And that being said, man, it's, it's impossible because those three fights that end this night are so high level, so close. And, and there will be just a razor thin difference I, I think on some of these on, on who wins and who loses those three fights i mean i just don't know how you can't be excited and say that any of those last three you know could be fight of the night uh so i, I can't narrow it down any any better than that there are a lot of fights on this card you know that csa fight is a good one that i'm really uh, interested in um but i can't go against any of those last three on possible just you know any one of those last three could be ending our show and, and we all walk away feeling like we saw, you know, a great main event with any of those three if they were la- the, the last fight on the card. Greg? Well, I don't want to uh, belittle all the pros. I just – I'm not going to pick one of those as my favorite fight because hell far, like, you know, the top six fights, you Garrett, you know, Garrett Wilson, Weston Wilson, and Raymond. I'm, we went over from man and, like, I got a second when Jeff said just because we're picking, you know, all in one favor of one guy does not mean – anything and by the way i wanted to go ahead and make this clear i will be at the fights and i will be case out i don't have no job but i will be watching so if the job for me to be is to eat crow next to the cage side every fighter after the fight win or lose you can look at me and tell me how fucking stupid i am for picking against them if they want because i and i'll just sit there and eat crow all night with that being said i want to take uh the fight that i'm looking most forward to is jackson donovan and freddie rodriguez because i'm excited see those two small guys just scrap off man uh six and one versus three and two both that's a high level amateur fight and uh 
the, the title's vacant, so uh, somebody's going to be coming home with it. I, I'm excited to see all those amateur fights. This whole card is stacked. The whole thing is stacked. Uh, I'm just excited for the whole night. I am the whole night. But again, those top three, man, we're going to see all three of those guys on TV. I know it. I just know it. Torres, wrap us up here, man. Final take of the night. Yes, man. Um, one of my favorite fights of the night, no doubt. I've already said it already. But Mike Wilson, Garrett Sharp. I mean, the record doesn't necessarily show like, oh, man, that's the fight. But um, from what I've seen from Mike Wilson in his last fight and what I've seen from Garrett Sharp throughout his career here at Valor, I think this is going to be a big time fight back and forth between those guys. Um, overall, I'm really excited for this card. I think this card is going to be phenomenal. Uh, man, this is going to be really exciting, man. I mean, especially the main event, the co-main event, the, 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 the bout before the co-main event. I mean, man, there's a lot of great fights on this card. Then you got a title on the line on both pro and amateur. Uh, you can't you can't really get anything better than this. So I'm really excited for this card and can't wait for Friday. Likewise, Torres, again, it'll go down this Friday night. It's VFC 83 from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe, Knoxville, Tennessee. You get your tickets at FighterTicksWithTheNicks.com, or you can watch the pay-per-view live and hear myself, Torres, and Hobbs call all the action from Cage Side uh, from the comfort of your own home. That's at VFCMMA.com. Thanks so much for uh, sitting in with us this week. Of course, uh, thanks so much to all my panelists, my co-host, Justin Watson, uh, and thank you guys for uh, for uh, making this part of your week, as always, uh, and we're looking forward to a stack night of fights this Friday at the Joe uh, for my co-host Justin Watson and all our panelists. I'm your host, Tim Loy, signing out for another edition of the Valor Hour. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan quick fix on radio influence. You brought an interesting topic to me to, to bring up here. Of course, talk about the dark side of the ring. Great, great show that uh, you know, you watch on, on uh, Vice, isn't it? It's Vice, right? Yeah, it's Vice. It's a Vice documentary. And then they also spend it off this upcoming, this past, this current year with the dark side of football. So it's a documentary style series that Vice is starting to milk for all it's worth because the pro wrestling documentaries that started off with one on Bruiser Brody. Uh, they've really taken off. You know, there's been one on Chris Benoit this year. There's one on Brian Pillman, one on a hardcore wrestler named Nick Gage. And for those that are fans of pro wrestling and even those that aren't, that documentary has really been quite popular. And, it, it, you know, it's only a matter of time, I think, until we get a dark side of mixed martial arts. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to call it Dark Side of the Cage. And when you brought this yeah. up, and I, I initially, so I started thinking about, man, what would be the like the stories? The first one that immediately came to my mind was the end of the Bjorn Rebney era in Bellator and transitioning over to Scott Coker. Look, I will tell you, throughout the years, have I heard stories? Yes, I've heard stories. And, and I, but it's also like when I think of these stories, like, I don't want it told, like, like the end of the Bjorn era, beginning of the Scott Coker era, I don't want it be, it be told by Viacom. I want it to be told by somebody independent. It's like, you know, if there was a, you know, a UFC documentary, it's on ESPN Plus, I just know it's going to be a UFC spin to the story. So, my number one was the end of Bjorn Rebney and Scott Coker. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.